Alright, what is up, Crip Nation? Bryson Pizza Mind here, per usual, coming at you from San Diego. We want to let you guys know that everything, literally everything we do, is made possible by our lovely sponsor, eToro. I'm actually comfortable saying that the guys over at eToro are the smartest guys in the room when it comes to financing crypto. I freaking agree, dude. These guys are nuts. eToro is an exchange with regulated on-ramps and off-ramps to the dollar and most other major currencies. It's a place where you can buy and sell crypto with confidence. Yeah, eToro has built out an awesome suite of trading tools and technical indicators for the more advanced guys and gals out there. Everything is super low latency and highly secure. Pete, why don't you tell them about the other really cool tools they have? They have a really easy way of buying it's literally just two clicks and you can buy stuff super great platform to use but in addition they also have this uh virtual simulator you where you can play with a hundred thousand dollars of virtual money while you learn so if you're really nervous about getting involved like don't be this is the place to be eToro has been around since 2007 so you don't have to worry about them you know disappearing anytime soon they've offered crypto assets since 2013 they have 10 million users spread across 140 countries like what more do you want yeah that's like just about as many users as any crypto company like in the world so uh jump on board with that guys these cats are the real deal crypt nation not all platforms are created equal so go to crypto101podcast.com slash eToro sign up and see the difference for yourself you know don't take our word for it uh send us a dm on twitter let us know what you think and without further ado welcome to the weekly fire it (laughs) is september 28th 2019 this is episode nine of the weekly fire and happy saturday yes and happy saturday you know We've yet to miss a week of this show. Okay, dokey. Let's see. What is on the agenda for today, my man? We are talking about the hot or not, of course. Okay, classic. And then uh, we've got our smoke and mirrors and you know, the usual segments. You're just going to have to stay tuned and find out what the news is. We had a very slow news week, but what news there was was rather important. Uh, the crypto weather report, however, is more eventful than it's been in months. Oh, boy. Oh, so boy. Oh, boy. Let's get into that. The crypto markets this week have been quite tantalizing, quite exciting. Um, crypto, uh, or sorry, Bitcoin finally broke down. We've been calling for that 8K level, uh, that 8K level to be retested. I mean, we've called it probably 10 times here on this show alone. You did. And so now it finally happened. We are resting right at that uh, high uh, support level uh, of 8K. Um, there's been a lot of volume traded there in the past several months. And so we were looking for that and we found it. 8K is also around where the 200 day moving average is, which is always something important uh, that traders look at. Um, kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, these averages, you know, when they realize everybody's looking at them, so they're important. I, I think another thing that we need to note here is that, you know, altcoins weren't really dumping on this. BTC dump. And so that shows me that, you know, we're starting to enter to this new cycle of non-correlation between Bitcoin and altcoins. In the past, in the bear market, we would have, you know, altcoins dumping along with Bitcoin dumping, except altcoins would be dumping harder. It, it finally seems like the sellers have been exhausted. Um, there's nobody left to sell their bags. They've already done it, right? They've been selling for the last two years. And this is when uh, markets reverse, when the volume dries up and there's not a soul left, you know, now you could, now you could reverse and uh, people who have large positions can start to mark up the price. So 
kind of at the end of the day, we're feeling pretty bullish on the market here. Um, now that we've kind of flushed out all the liquidations, uh, whatever it was, seven hundred million dollars of open interest that was that was uh, liquidated in Bitmex in the course of like two days, which is which is super nuts. Classic Bitmex. Classic Bitmex. And it basically the volatility is good because now we have uh, less leverage in the market and truer, you know, truer prices and stuff. So I think we're going to be seeing um, some more upward price action here in the next couple of weeks. I think it's a good time personally for me um, and maybe for you and, and for the listeners here to to start looking at uh, high risk to reward opportunities in the altcoin market. So that's the weather report. And it makes a lot of logical sense. Basically, it's this long waiting game saying, who's dumb enough to sell at the bottom? (laughs) And that game goes on for two years, sometimes more, until everyone eventually gets either scared out or worn out or bored out. And then everyone left says, I'm not selling at that price. Well, I'm not selling at that price. So people selling, setting these buy orders have to keep them going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher right. until someone actually agrees to sell. And that's how the run-up begins. Yeah. And then the, the run-up really starts to get out of hand when people start FOMOing in and doing the market buys. Right. Exactly. So, so Crypt Nation, you know what we always say here, don't chase the pumps. Don't panic sell the dumps. Set your bids or set your orders to sell uh, ahead of time. Have a plan. Trade your plan. Uh, Logic and emotion very, very rarely occupy your brain at the same time. If you are feeling extremely excited about something and uh, you can't wait to get in, chances are you should sleep on it. Put your wallet down. Put your wallet down. (laughs) So, So that's the market report for today. Um, but let's move on over. Hot or not. Ooh, what has been pumping and what has been dumping, my friend? While Bitcoin has uh, dropped like $1,000 in 30 minutes and has <laughs> yet to recover, that's not even the worst of it. Not even close. Uh, Cryptarium, however, is up 62%. I've been following this project since the 300s. It's steadily held its ground, if not grown a little bit. Meanwhile, with everything else collapsing all around it, it is now in the top 100. Wowza. So yeah, guys, re- remember, we uh, this is coins the last seven days. Last what seven is their days. price appreciation or depreciation? Last seven days, Cryptarium is up 62%. Swipe is up 93%. Mm. So there's still some money to be made in shit coins. But if you had RCN, Ripio Credit Network, you are for the first time in months or years very, very happy because it is up a hundred and seventy-eight percent. Ripio Credit Network. My yeah. God. If you hold any of these coins, you are pissed as all hell, and you've taken a beating already. Block cloud down fifty-three percent. Ouch. Arbitrage down fifty-nine percent. How, you may ask, does a coin that simply does arbitrage lose almost 60% of its value? Well, I had a feeling uh, a year or two ago when I saw these guys that there was just something not quite right with their program. After checking on Telegram, which has been muted, uh, all the comments coming directly from the team would suggest the community has done a mutiny. And uh, they're now rebranded. They've done a token swap. They're trying to completely start over, which means they completely fucked up. Sounds like Trouble in Paradise. Yes, exactly. Trouble in Paradise. Oh, ridiculous. And finally, uh, a really good project, unfortunately suffering, 
Hedera Hashgraph down 62%. Oh, God. So Hedera Ouch. Hashgraph, uh, you guys all remember Mance Harmon, CEO of Hashgraph. He came on the show recently. We love this guy. We mm-hmm. love this project. Yeah. Um, but, but apparently there's some seed investors that no one knew about that had a bunch of tokens. So as soon as the H-bars came on OKX, it just dumped right to the floor. Yeah. So Hedera Hashgraph, their token is called H-bar, like Pizza Mine just said. And those tokens just got listed on OKX, which is a very big exchange. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there was more supply than there was demand. Yeah. So not price falls. To, not much demand for altcoins in this market. But after two years, they had to uh, move on. But yeah, they had pretty they with. had pretty strict lockups. They did. So I mean it wasn't like anything unethical or illegal was happening no. by any means. It was just that at the you know, people got in earlier, long time ago, held you know, were held up illiquid for, for years. And finally, once they had the opportunity to liquidate, they said, you know, I've held this project for two two, three years, so it's time time to change uh, change hands. Yeah, it was unfortunate, but uh if you still believe in Hedera Hashgraph, this is a tremendous buying opportunity. Tremendous. For you. All right. Moving on to smoke and mirrors. Yes. Our topic of the day is government versus private versus public. Can people use blockchain to govern themselves or do they still need private corporations or governments to tell them how to live life? That's the age old question. Is, That's the age old question. We... So here's, here's my position on the whole thing. I think governments tend to be a little inefficient. I think there's better ways to govern groups of people. Um, I mean, have you guys ever been to a DMV office, unemployment office, disability office? That is the same manner in which they are handling every single cent of your taxpayer money. It's just in the most inefficient and cumbersome way possible. And even beyond that, you know, you me, Pizza Mind, we're citizens, right? But we're just numbers on an Excel spreadsheet. Um, and we're being increasingly depersonalized uh, in the eyes of the government because um, it's just so unmanageable, right? So a societal shift, you know, kind of like what I posit or what I what I believe in, um, I think a societal shift towards privatization and smaller like community-led or religious-led initiatives away from the government, away from hoping that the government's going to be able to solve all your problems. You know, I think this kind of shift is going to benefit the disempowered and the downtrodden and the ones that feel forgotten, right? So when people are self-empowered, they could actually band together in smaller, more personal groups to make sounder decisions for both themselves and their communities. So... I think that government should have less and less power over time, not more and more power over time, because they've proven that they are more or less incompetent when it comes to many, many things. There was this great episode of 60 Minutes I watched a long time ago with my dad, and it was basically this whole idea that, you know, there were six and a half million people who were collecting Social Security payments, right? Social Security checks. That were over 111 years old. What the heck? This means that the government didn't know that they were paying six and a half million dead people. There was obviously not six and a half million people that were over the age of 111 in America at the time. So basically what was happening is was, you know, family members wouldn't report that they had a, you know, that their family member who was old died and they would keep cashing out their checks. How does one arm of the government not know what the other arm of the government is doing. How could taxpayer dollars be so grossly mismanaged? Like, 
it, it just blows my mind. Blockchain has the ability to inhibit completely any sort of fraud. The blockchain enables this because you can see where the funds are going. But at the end of the day, there's just new ways to govern people. I think, I think the traditional democracy that we have is a little outdated, man. I think with technology, we could make it, make it better. We could have smaller governments and more localized governments and be able to solve problems on a more local scale and personalize things rather than just being a number on an Excel spreadsheet and government officials not taking any responsibility for what they're doing or not doing. Did that make any sense? It did make a lot of sense. Uh, and it is super, super outdated. But the private sector is only motivated by profits. There's no profits to be made from solving certain problems or helping certain groups of people, like the homeless, for example. And that's why the issue has never been solved and it continues to get worse and worse. So you can have the private sector in charge of just about everything to a point, but then there's certain groups that get left behind. And that's where the government's supposed to step in and take care of them. Right. But they've just done such a poor job. Uh, and I think we can do better of taking care of ourselves. Through blockchain, this is uh, one of the very first times in human history that the people have equal tools, regardless of their social class. And it only takes a little bit of education. All the information's out there on the internet. If you don't have internet at your house, there are still libraries that are funded by the government that you can use to go and educate yourself. I think the lack of education and the attitude of being a victim is far too rampant in this country. When there's so many resources here, as opposed to somewhere like Zimbabwe or Uganda, where someone who's disenfranchised is literally going to starve to death. But here we have so many more options that we would just rather not take because of one excuse or another. And I don't think that's fair to yourselves. I don't think that's fair to others around you. That said, there are some serious, there's some people that really need help and they deserve help. If we're going to move forward, we need to move forward all together. I mean, there's a saying in the military, no man left behind. So I think, you know, there's a lot of backlash around new tokens and new blockchains where people are saying, why can't you just use Bitcoin? Because Bitcoin is not the be all end all. In small groups, I think there's like a governmental study that said uh, villages are unmanageable beyond like 150 people. Oh, wow. Like that's the maximum amount of people you can have in a community before things start to fly off the rails. Oh, wow. Which is not very, like, that's a very bleak picture for the future. But if you can band together with 150 people, if you can use blockchain and smart contract to enforce rules so people can't cheat and uh, accountability is upheld, that can eventually scale out because there's no way of cheating a smart contract. Yeah, there's no way of cheating a smart contract. And this is the kind of idea that, you know, we think governments or small local governing bodies should be built on where it's like rules-based spending and transparent spending. So for instance, if I'm, you know, paying fees to this homeowners association, I'll pay it to a smart contract, you know, that represents the homeowners association, for instance, and I'll be able to say, oh, I think that, you know, I 10% of my spending should go towards, you know, redoing the streets. 10% of my uh, fee should go to renovating the public pool system. 10% should go to this. And then there's all these uh, different ways that you could you could vote with your money and, and how it goes or where it goes, essentially. I mean, what else do you think? Yeah, I think that would really revolutionize not just like an HOA, but like the tax system in general. 
I think more people would stop trying to dodge taxes if they had an actual say where some of their tax dollars went. Of course, you can't, you know, give the entire say to the people because they've never ran a government or a country before. There's different perspectives. So I think there should be some kind of compromise where maybe the government takes, you know, they get a say in where some of it goes. You know, they, they need to fund the military. They need to fund, you know, the national health care and social security and stuff like that. Like that can't go away. But then after that, you know, there's all kinds of other special interest groups that get a piece and maybe that's not fair. So maybe it'd be even better for certain special interest groups if more people want more money to go to them or maybe uh, some of them, maybe scientific research institutes that are just kind of sitting back collecting a fat paycheck and not really contributing much. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, maybe they get a little bit less. Yeah. Now, like, for example, uh, you take cancer research. Now, like my parents have had cancer before, so it's not like I'm knocking cancer patients. Like I'd love for that to be cured and go to, gone away. But how many billions have we spent and they haven't made much progress at all? Like people are still dying from cancer. Like what? where the hell is all this money going to? Well, yeah, the whole thing with the healthcare system is about like not necessarily curing things because if you cure it, then they don't need the healthcare anymore and it's right. it's it's not profitable. So the way that the healthcare system makes money is by maintaining illnesses and not curing illnesses. We don't need that. We don't want that. So maybe through blockchain, uh, we can finally fix this horribly broken system. We have so many broken systems in this country. Yeah. Our healthcare, our education system, our infrastructure is collapsing. What the hell is going on in this country? Well, here's the thing. You know, we elect representatives, right? Who, you know, every every voting cycle, we elect representatives who are supposed to be representing our interests, right? I vote for X and he's saying that he's going to do all these things um, or she is going to do all these things. And it oftentimes comes to light that they didn't do crap they didn't do anything that they said they were running on i'd rather vote for a smart contract at this point. <laughs> yeah i think i mean we're concerned about ai taking over and killing us all well we've been killing ourselves the entire time so maybe it's time to give something else a try yeah i mean i would not be surprised to have um sooner or later um you know bots and smart contracts and ai governing certain parts of our lives i think it would be a little better on some 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 points because computers in code, once it's written, it doesn't make, you know, mistakes. <laughs> Probably never happened here in the United States. People are too paranoid about the what ifs. What if the government smart contract gets hacked and, you know, they, they mess everything up? Yeah. The, well, the, you can always just reorg the chain then. But Technology needs to advance before the technology is governing us, but it is trending that way. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, maybe humanity can advance along with it. Then we wouldn't even need it. Uh, what are some fired tweets from this week, man? What well, we only have one. It's by a guy named Alexander at 0x and then a ton of underscores. <laughs> he put out a, uh, a clever tweet called the Ethereum Killer Awards. For all the projects that claim to be Ethereum killers over the years, and Ethereum is still there. So, Polkadot wins the award for most jealous. Hashgraph wins the award for most patents. EOS wins the award for best colluding block producers. Definity wins the award for best NASA comparison. 
Dfinity is pretty awesome. Check it out. Solana <laughs> Solana wins the award for fewest nodes. Ouch. Tezos wins the award for most lawsuits. Ouch. Flow wins the award for rookie money grab of the year. Oh my god! What the hell is Flow? Flow is the guys who created Crypto Kitties. It's from oh. da- Dapper Labs. <laughs> they just created Flow to be a scalable blockchain. Oh, like we don't already have one of those, oh. or ten, or twenty, or a hundred. I like those guys though. I do too. Uh, Cardano wins the award for best travel slash fewest commits. Oh my god! Well, yeah, that's, Hoskinson is everywhere. That's just raw. Uh, and then Algorand <laughs> wins the award for best venture capital dump. Yikes. That's a great tweet. I love that. I, that's so like just creative. I chuckled. Everybody wants to be the Ethereum killer. Everybody claims to be the Ethereum killer. But who's got the most development activity? Who's got a bigger market cap? Who's got Vitalik Buterin? <laughs> uh, that would be Ethereum for all those, sir. Yes. We are not short Ethereum. Let's just say that. All right. Scorched Earth. Guys, this is where we tell horror stories uh, or victim stories from the uh, from our lives and from people that we know. And so I've got a, a little story. I was doing the math today, and I'm actually you math. <laughs> I'm actually ashamed uh, at the math that I that I did that I calculated here. So you know the the market. <laughs> How do, how do we how do we even start this? Okay, so because Bitcoin fell a lot and basically the entire market cap plunged almost forty billion dollars this week. You know, no, I got texts and phone calls going, "What the hell's going on?" I ignored them all because I found it really annoying. And when I finally replied to it, my reply was the same every time: "Nothing's going on. This is just business as usual." Welcome to crypto. That's all it is. Literally, nothing happened other than Bitmex whales being dicks. Don't short. Don't short, don't play on derivatives that you don't understand what you're doing, especially on unregulated exchanges, and you'll be fine. Uh, I bought the dip. Thankfully, I had some money to buy the dip for the first time in months because I had already bought all the other dips and lost a shit yeah. more. <laughs> so we've been thinking like, what is the worst bag, like the most losing project, the most hopeless coin we hold right now? Yeah, I've got three. Oh, that's it? <laughs> um, unfortunately... Uh, when I, back in the heyday of, uh, 2017, I got exposed to a coin, um, called dignity. And this was, you know, supposed to be a gold backed token. It was really cool. A bunch of people were talking about it and I bought some of it at eight cents and it skyrocketed all the way up to 25 cents. And then it went all the way down to less than half a cent. It's like a quarter of a cent now. Um, and I had I had a, a couple thousand bucks in this, and that that couple thousand bucks is now worth seventy dollars. <laughs> so sad, guys. If I could laugh at it, you could laugh at it. Uh, I did something similar with another token called Kin. And mom, I'm sorry if you're listening to this; it's probably pretty depressing. But um, <laughs> I bought another token called Kin from the Kick platform. And Kick was this big social media messaging app, and it had you know millions and millions of users, and they were doing this ICO. They raised a hundred million dollars, uh, and I remember in January 2018 uh, they had a big run up, and I got caught up in the belief this is a strong project, this is going to change. Boom, down like it's worth. I had like maybe a thousand or thousand fifty bucks worth of it, and now it's like fifty dollars less than that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I've. 
I definitely have even more bags than that. I, I hate He's looking admit. at his spreadsheet right now, yeah. and it is all red. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. The, the one winning thing I have is keeping me actually close to break even, which is insane. Uh, well, I, I made two good moves. Like I knew, okay, so my plan when I got into crypto is I was going to have 20 bags, and I thought three of them were going to be successful. Okay. Like that was my plan all along. So all this red like is completely according to plan. I didn't know what was going to win. I didn't know what was going to lose. I just figured I needed to diversify. And those were pretty good uh, ratios and odds. So my worst purchase was Skycoin. Uh, I bought only a few of them, like a little over $20, like $27. Bucks. Uh, I bought a bunch around the $1 mark. When you, it so you bought them when they were $27 yeah. a pop. Yeah. And now what are they? Uh, about 60 cents. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I bought a bunch more at a dollar, but now they're 60 cents. So, <laughs> ouch, that hurts. Uh, still love Skycoin. Still lots of development going on there. Thankfully, it's not dead. Um, and then another one, Bab. At one point, I had like 6 million Bab, which it's not that much. You know, they have like a 20 billion total supply. Uh, I'm now down to 4 million, but the price is down to like, what, four Satoshis or something like that. Something insane. I think I bought like $500 worth and it's now like 60 bucks, maybe less. <laughs> Probably less. Probably less. <laughs> I've stopped updating the spreadsheet a while ago, very truthfully. Uh, I bought Leo at what I thought was close to the bottom at just under $2. That was not only a couple months ago. It's just over a dollar now. So <laughs> fuck my life. Uh, fortunately, I bought almost my entire stack of Binance coin uh, at about 5 or $6. And then I bought uh, another um, tokenized fund asset that fortunately has gone like four, almost 5x since October. And that's the only thing that's kept me alive is continuing to pour money into that thing. But there's no buybacks right now. So I can't, I'm not liquid. I can't like pull any of that money out. It's just there. Guys, so here's the point we're trying to make is that everybody makes mistakes and you got to learn from your losses and you got to learn from the horror stories of other people that this is possible. When I was first getting into crypto years and years ago, I could have never imagined that a token could lose 99% of its value. And guys, it happens more than you know. Every day. Every day, tokens go bust, they go belly up, projects get abandoned, all sorts of things. So if you see something that's not looking right and it's moving down very quickly, get out. There's, you know, you could buy back at a lower point if you want, um, but it takes it takes a hard lesson um, and a bad experience to really learn and have it deeply ingrained that that your coin isn't the next Bitcoin probably, um, and that it it could very well lose a lot of value. Yeah, guys. So, you know, if you see something going down super quickly, um, and you think, oh, well, it'll bounce back, it'll bounce back. Guys, that's a, that's a cognitive dissonance. That is a bias. Um, you should not be thinking like that. Um, you let your winners run and you cut your losses quick. And so think about it. There, there's here's I, there's a chart or there's a a formula called the um, the drawdown recovery formula. So think about it. If you lose fifty percent of your capital in a trade, it will take a one hundred percent upwards move to get back to break even. Why is that? If you have a hundred dollars and you lose fifty of it, right? You lose fifty percent. You're at fifty dollars. That's a net fifty percent loss. If you want to get back to 100, you need to multiply 50 by two. 
So that's 100%. So it gets even worse. If you're down 90%, you need to have a 900% move to recoup your loss. This is something, and if you lose 100%, you're broke because zero multiplied by anything is zero. So the point is, cut your losses quick uh, because it just starts to to get really, really, really bad, really, really, really so quick. So cut your losses in the 20 to 30 range, if not sooner. But what if you're already yeah. down at like 80 or 90? Then, you, then you, just have to acknowledge, you just have to acknowledge the fact that you lost. You lost the game. So do you sell all your coins at the bottom or do you just hang on for dear life and hope it recovers? That's when you just have to, I mean, if you're, if you put in a thousand bucks and you now have $50 worth of that left, you know, the question is, is that $50 going to be more valuable going to Bitcoin or is it going to be more valuable staying in there and maybe going back up? I I, I mean, it, it could be anybody's bet. Um, $50 worth of Bitcoin now. I mean, I still see a future where Bitcoin is going to be, you know, there's, you know, potentially a thousand X left in it before it reaches full maturity. Sure. So $50 times a thousand is, you know, 50,000 bucks. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But I'm also talking about over a time scale of like, you know, 75 to a hundred years before we see Bitcoin at full maturity. But on the flip side, in the short term, you know, maybe that coin that has, you've lost 90% of its value, it might bounce back up to recoup a little bit. So the, the, so it, it could be worth holding on to, but don't marry it. Like know that you're going to get rid of it eventually. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You are going to cash out eventually. And it's really important when your token loses 90% that you look at the f- actual financials of that company. Can they survive until it, their token value goes up? Do they have a huge team? Are they going to all these conferences and blowing a bunch of money on marketing? Or have they gone really silent, really lean, and there's continuing development? Can you see their commits on coin code cap? If they're still moving and they're really conserving, there's a good chance that they might have a a, a rebound in the future. But if they haven't changed anything and they didn't cash out their Ethereum from their ICO, uh, there's a lot that are dead in the water. Yeah, Most of them that are going to die have already died out by now. So if your project's still alive through this entire bear market, it's a pretty good sign. Yeah. In my opinion. At the end of the day, if you're trading or if you're investing, you got to go with the trend. And the if you're long and you're buying, the trend should be up. The long-term trend should be up. Um, and if it starts to go below that, then cut your losses, everybody. Don't be too proud to acknowledge that you lost. Um, all right. So that does it for that segment. Now let's move into the news. Backed Futures Exchange finally actually launched. I can't believe it. And uh, IOTA has also launched a very interesting marketplace. We'll tell you about that in a second. And then Facebook's Libra reveals what currencies are actually going to be in its basket. So back launching was supposed to be the end of the bear market, the rise to new prosperity for Bitcoin, and no one cares. They did 18 Bitcoin contracts their first few hours. It's ramping up a little bit, but it hasn't affected anything. And maybe because of that, uh, the price of Bitcoin has even started to fall a little bit, dipping down below $10,000 now. So once again, something really, really widely hyped falls completely flat. But there's been a lot of other news uh, coming out from quotes from CEOs and major influencers talking about Bitcoin going to $100,000 and all kinds of stuff. So that news itself might signal the end of the accumulation phase. And uh, now that they're trying to drive hype even higher and higher. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to be changing anything different. I'm just going to sit and watch. 
you do what you will, not financial advice. Um, IOTA launching a marketplace for industrial automation and autonomous work. So think of it as a Fiverr or an Upwork for things that are really high-tech, cutting-edge, next-gen kind of thing. Really, really interesting. I checked it out. It's a nice, clean-looking site. Very easy. Good job, IOTA. And then lastly, Libra is going to, or it did reveal what's in its basket. So 50% is based on the US dollar, 18% on the euro, 14% on the yen, uh, 11% on the British pound, and 7% on the Singapore dollar. Excluded is the Chinese yuan, which we have to believe is a political move. Um, They had to pick a side in the trade war. Obviously, they're going to pick the US dollar, and they expect the yuan to really suffer because of that. So that's been excluded, and they hope that releasing this information will maybe ease up concerns, noting that China's currency and Russia's currency and Iran's currency has all been excluded. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, that does it for us. Uh, That was week nine of the Weekly Fire. I hope you learned something. Uh, I know I sure did. Follow us on Twitter at Crypto101Pod and join our Facebook group for some private internal discussions about crypto that you won't hear anywhere else. We are talking all day on that thing, man. Absolutely. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you on Monday. Boom. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.